Hey Driven Mofos, if you ever want to have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. You're born, and now you've got to go and earn the right to have shit in life. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I want to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. This is a special podcast that I recently did with founder of the White Collar Trading Podcast and owner of Plumify, Matt Zubinick. We dive into building a $100 million empire, better solutions to mental health problems, how to reduce self-sabotage and self-destructive thoughts, plus a ton more. Welcome back to part three of this four-part series. Remember to share this episode if you enjoy it. You can also watch the whole interview live on my YouTube channel at MichaelMojo00 on YouTube. I'd like to get your thoughts on all the schools and sporting clubs now who are just giving out participation awards even if you finish last. That's cool. What yes. do you think? What do you think that's teaching people? Do you agree with it? Well, I always come back to intention. Like what's the intention behind it? So is the intention to make kids feel good about shitty performance? Is the intention to make kids feel like they're fitting in? It, it depends on the intention mm. and I can't speak for the intention, but I can just speak for the overall experience that if I go to like, if I can't control my food and I'm overweight and I go and get lipo. Cool. I might be, I might be a little bit thinner, but the question is, have I learned the habits that I need to learn to get the results that I need to get for the rest of my life? And the answer is no. Mm. So even though I might be a little bit skinnier, I'm still going to die of a heart attack because I'm going to have fat all around my heart and fat all around my organs and shit like that. Unless I keep going back for lipo. So I didn't really solve the problem. Most of society aren't smart enough to solve real problems. They're just smart enough to solve superficial problems, mm. right? Like I, I just see it happening every day and, and every day this happens in business. You've got the grass on, on the top and everyone sees the grass, but they don't see what's happening below the surface. When the grass turns brown. If you just go along, you spray the grass green. Did that fix the fucking problem? Mm. No, all the shit's happening below the surface. If you keep dealing with superficial problems, you're always going to have, you're always going to live a superficial life that never has any depth or any meaning or any, any structure or any strength. I'm always a, a person who believes that 80 to 90% of everything is below the surface. Like I go out there and I deal with someone who's like, I actually did a, a podcast on my own on my own podcast about this over the weekend, um, which should come out in the next couple of days. But when I spoke about it, I said, most people mistake what they see as being the way that it is. And it's not. Sometimes when you walk into a gym, the biggest motherfucker in there is the kindest guy mm. because they got nothing to prove, but it's the little insecure guy who's the most fucking mental Yeah, because they're the ones who are like, oh, fuck you. I don't care. Like they're willing to die. Yeah, you know, yeah. because, because like they're so scared, they're so afraid, they're so fragile. They'll just snap. Then 
you've been around business people as well. Some of the worst people to ever do business with are those who don't have money. Because when they don't have money, they will tell you what you want to hear, but they're going to sneak chips across the table onto their side. They're going to find some way of fucking you somehow mm. because, because they've got to survive. And when, when you're surviving, they don't care about you. They're caring about themselves. The best people I've ever done business with are those that are super secure. They're like, yeah, man, look, we fucked up. We made a mistake. It's 50K. Just write it off. It's done. Right. Yeah. And we've learned our lesson. Let's keep moving. Someone who, who makes 50K and they lose 10K, that's like 20% of everything that they've got. If you take 20% away from someone, they're going to lose their shit. So like sometimes I have people come to my events and they're like, you know, it's my last two and a half grand. I'm like, look, man, just keep it. Yeah. Like, just keep it, buy a book. We'll, we'll catch up some other time. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, man. But I don't, I don't want their last two and a half grand because if I take their last two and a half grand, it's fucking everything that they've got. Those people are ruthless. Like when something goes wrong, a, a really good example of this is like you go and read reviews. Do you think the people who are writing reviews for most products and services are those out there crushing it with $100 million yeah, empires? No. Nah. They're the fucking jughead that's a loser that's got no job, who's sitting at home, who's eating fucking Cheetos or Doritos and their fingers are all fucking orange and they're typing on the keyboard and shit, <laughs> you know, drinking their eighth can of Red Bull by 10 a.m., you know, or they probably just woke up. You know, they're, they're the sort of people that are like, oh, fuck this. And, and they're worried about that they got charged an extra 50 bucks because there's a sale on now and, and they bought a product last week and they could have got it for 50 bucks cheaper this week. You and I couldn't give a fuck about 50 bucks. Like 50 bucks isn't even worth our time of writing a review. Mm. So I think that a lot of the time, most people in our society are so used to dealing with superficial surface level shit that they never really go deep into anything, which is the reason why they never get results. When it comes to those ideas like participation awards and things like that, it's like, why are we doing it? Mm. If maximum growth happens at the borderline of challenge and support, if you over challenge a child, you crush them. But if you over support them, you make them weak. There's a, a, every half decent parent, you don't even have to be a good parent. You've just got to be a half decent parent who looks at their child and goes, right, they're, they're doing something that they're now being driven by their impulses and they're being a bit fucking erratic and crazy. They need to be told off right now. You're going to implant your values when you tell a child off and that's, that's what keeps them in balance. Mm -hmm. But you create boundaries with them. Every parent sits down and goes, shit, how much do I tell them off? If I yell at them too much, I freak them the fuck out. But if I don't tell them enough, the kids keep taking the piss because they don't respect you and they don't take you seriously. Mm. Where's that line? No parent ever really figures it out. Yeah. And sometimes you snap and you're like, you go nuts and the kids are a bit afraid and you're like, oh shit. And then you feel bad about it and you apologize. But you're learning how to be a better parent and a better leader and a better communicator. And the child's learning like when you fuck around, you find out. Yeah. Right. If you push people too far, they're going to snap. So they're learning their lessons. The parent's learning their lessons and that's called growth. In our society, when we just take one side and we're like, okay, we just got to give the kids everything. We just support them. And, you know, another kid picks someone at school. So therefore, you know, we just got to give them a cuddle and we'll tell their parents and fucking when you, when you wrap the child up in cotton wool, that's great. Cause now they got super confidence and, and they have no fear and they go out to the world and the world's fucking scary. Mm. Now, now you've got that person who walks down the street in the middle of the night and they're, they're not scared of anything, but they're walking down Hindley street on a fucking Thursday night at two o'clock in the morning by themselves. What's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. Well, I personally wouldn't do that because you've got drunk males and females, crazy shit goes on, right? So when, when you have a healthy understanding of fear or a healthy understanding of loss, you sort of can mitigate risk and you can think through things more effectively. Now in the perfect world, like there's all these trippers out there who are like, yeah, but in a perfect world, you know, no one would touch another person. Okay. Give me one time in history that that's ever happened. It fucking, it's never happened, right? 
in fairy tales and Disney movies and shit. Yeah, cool. Mm. But th this is the real world, right? I was speaking to a person actually on Instagram only a couple of days ago, and they're a, a quantum physicist in the United States. And we've been chatting back and forth because they're doing some sales and stuff like that. And they wanted some of my help. And they're, um, they're, they're a, uh, an attractive Russian, uh, woman and, and she works in the field of quantum physics. Right. And, um, she said, I've got this guy who just keeps sending me death threats all the time. And I'm like, fuck, that's pretty bad. And she's like, yeah, she just, this guy's just got this habit of like finding attractive women and just sending death threats. The police already know who he is. They're just, you know, we, you know, I've got a restraining order and all this sort of stuff. But those people exist. Mm -hmm. If you wrap your child up in cotton wool, how the fuck are they going to deal with someone like that? That's mm -hmm. a psychopath. Yeah. Right now, she's done nothing wrong. Your kids may do nothing wrong, but you wrap them up in cotton wool and teach them that the world's all safe and all fucking roses and shit, and they don't think about that stuff. What happens when they're walking at home at night by themselves because the world's all safe and no one would ever touch a woman and shit, or no one would ever touch another person, and then now all of a sudden that fucking psychopath's out there. Yeah. They don't think through consequences, right? So. Coming back to my point is like, there's the fairy tale tale ideal world, which most people have inside their mind of how the world should be. Then there's the actual reality of how the world is. Mm. And the world has all different types of people. Now, if you're going out to the world and, and I've seen this and I'm sure you have as well, I'm sure the other business owners have, is there are these kids now that are coming out of univers uh, coming out of school, right? They're 18 and you've got a job. And, and this is an example that we had. I had a job before COVID, before all the inflation and the prices went up for a, a marketing manager, $120,000 a year plus bonuses. So, you know, now let's say it's 150,000 bucks in, you know, in, in this, in this market. The majority of people who sent messages were like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do in life, but I thought this would be a good place to start. I'm like for 150 grand motherfucker, like go try 40. Yeah. Go, go figure out what you want to do at 40 grand a year, not at 150. But they don't understand that because mm. mom and dad have always told them that you can be anything. You can do anything. Like you just got to try, try for 150 grand. Mm. Remember back in our days, you start at like, when you, when you're an apprentice, it's like, here's the shovel, here's the broom. Yeah. Enjoy the next year. Yeah. And you're like, but I don't, I just want to do something. And you're like, yeah, shovel and broom. <laughs> that, yeah. That's it. Like definitely you, different now. hundred percent. You can clean the toilets every Friday. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. then some guy goes in there, drinks like half a liter of iced coffee and blasts the toilet a bit. Yeah. You know, and you got to go clean that shit. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that teaches that you start from the bottom and you work up. Now, I don't know whether that's the best way, but what I know is that coming out and being overconfident, you get smashed back down to the level that you're at. And so now all these kids are coming out and they're trying to get jobs and they can't get jobs because they're worth $150,000 a year, according to mum and dad, but they're really, they've got no skills. They've never worked a job. They can't take any pressure. I've had uh, a couple of really young people come through and work for us and they last like two weeks and they're like, oh, I just, just can't do it. And it's like, why? What's going on? They're like, it's too stressful. I'm like, you haven't fucking done anything. Yeah. What the, they just have zero stress tolerance. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not all of them. There are, I, I think kids who get brought up in a lot harsher environments, like lower socioeconomic where mum and dad aren't around and they get the shit kicked out of them and stuff like that man, they want to work. They mm. want to work because they have suffered. And so for them, working hard isn't suffering. It's actually, it, it, it's helping them build their self-worth. Mm. Whereas you get those kids that are over-supported, mum and dad nurture them. You're going to end up with a 45-year-old that's still living at home with mum and dad who wants 150 grand a year that's never really worked a proper job that doesn't want to work after hours. I saw some dude on TikTok that's like, you know, when, when I work a job, no one's allowed to contact me after hours and no one's allowed to do this. And you know, they should pay this and, and you know, oh. I'm entitled to all this shit. Yeah. And I'm like, 
motherfucker, you're not entitled to anything in life. You're not entitled to anything. Like you're not even entitled to clean air in this day and age, mm. right? You're not entitled to water. You're not entitled to anything. You're born and now you've got to go and earn the right to have shit in life. That's mm. how, that's how we progress. And, and this is controversial, right? But as a society, we work, we work together by, by supporting the tribe and we're all tribal. So if as a country, if we want to grow, we have to build businesses and we've got to employ people. We've got to support people to a point that, that the economy grows and society grows. In a business, you've got to hire the right people that are going to make the business grow because anything that's not growing is dying, full stop. Mm -hmm. If your business stagnates, someone else is just going to come and clean you up and, and take, a, take your clients, right? Yep. So you want to have people that are growth driven in order to grow and it's a competition, right? If you want to keep your job, you're competing with other people in the marketplace. The business is competing with other businesses and so on. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should be working 100, 150 hours, but what I'm saying is that you need to have some sense of drive and what you're really in the marketplace for. Australia is a really, we, we're, we're so lucky because we've got so much mining and cash in this country through natural resources that Australians are pretty lazy and pretty complacent. Now, that's not everybody. I mean, a lot of people will probably listening to this are wanting to better themselves, but Australians are just inherently lazy, mm. right? Finish at four, three o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, go to the pub, hang out, not work Saturday, Sundays. You go to places like Indonesia and if you've ever been to Bali. Oh yeah. The drivers. seven days. hundred percent. But they, they don't know any different, right? Yeah. Because all they're trying to do is they're trying to support their family. They want to survive and they just want to do a little bit better than the previous generation. Mm. That's what they're trying to do. Over here, it's like, well, I want to do better than the previous generation, but I don't want to work like them. I don't want to do any, I want to do less mm. than them. I want to have a four day work week. Yeah. I don't want to work after hours. I don't want any pressure, any stress. If not, I've got to go on fucking mental health leave and you know, or if not, I'm going to pull a, a work cover claim. It's just like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Now there's got to be a balance point. Like you can't in, in every area of life, maximum performance comes from working hard, but then also resting and healing. So like, if you look at a professional athlete, like an NBA basketballer, they might play three games a week, but when they're not playing, they are focused on recovery so that they can play again. An intelligent business owner works really, really hard, but they also recover hard so that then they can work hard again. Mm, that's a, that's the, a great tip. Yeah, yeah. And the average employee is working hard so they don't have to work, but by not, by wanting to not work, now they feel like shit when they are working because they don't really want to work, but at the same time they want to get ahead, but they don't really want to get ahead. And so it creates this stressed out mindset of like, work is hard. Mm. work's not hard if you just commit to it, right? If you're committed to work and you're like, yeah, I go to work, I do hard shit all day. And then when I come home, I just rest. But most Aussies go home, they eat shit, they drink alcohol, they watch fucking stupid TV that that's, I don't know, doesn't make them feel any better about their own lives. They'll get so consumed by sport over the weekend where they can yell at somebody else and go, you're fucking shit, you know, bloody umpires. And they get all emotionally involved in, a, in something that they can't even fucking control. Mm. And then they go back to work on Monday and they're like, oh, fuck this place. Why am I back here again? I don't get it. Real quick, Driven Mofos. You know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds. So please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. I don't get it. But maybe I'm just, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the weird one. Maybe I'm, I'm ignorant. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, Employees I just, are. Well, I don't know that it's employees are, I just think that there are, I, I think that we're sold a fantasy and we're sold a delusion that life should be easy. Mm. Life's never been easy and it's never been easy since Adam and Eve, right? And 
and there's this idea when, when you're living in that id or that animalistic brain and the animalistic brain is just searching for survival, it's got its impulses and it's got its fears. When you're fear-driven, you become impulsive. And when you're impulsive, it creates more of those fears again and it reinforces itself. When most people are living in fear and they go, you know, if I can just get enough money, then I'll never have to work again. That's fear-based and it's created an impulse around money. Then it's like, well, I want to have a great body because I feel like shit about myself and I want to go to the gym and I want to exercise, which is fear-driven. And now they're like, now I can overeat and binge eat because I've been to the gym. And so they never move forward with their health goals. Most people just set themselves up to fail because their whole philosophy on life is just incorrect. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. And instead of seeing what life is, which is life is about growth. Maximum growth happens through stress and pressure. How can I take on the most stress and pressure? And how can I live a life that I love? That's a different question than how's, how should I, how's life? How can I just make an easy life? How can I be comfortable? How can I have no stress? You take hmm. away stress, you take away growth. Absolutely. When you take away growth, you're going to hit rock bottom. You're going to feel like shit. And then you're going to have a ton of pressure again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a great way to think. I'm going to remember that when shit's getting hard, thinking mm. about like, got to take on maximum pressure and maximum stress. Yeah. I, w- I think about it like boxing, right? That I wouldn't get in the ring with Mike Tyson at his prime because he's going to beat the living shit out of me. Mm. But plenty of people did. And there were people who beat Mike Tyson. Why? Because they were at the level that he was playing at. And so you get punched as hard as the level that you're playing at. Yeah. My hairdresser, he's a, he's a boxer as well and a golden glove boxer and stuff like that, this young guy. And even for him, he, he loves getting in the ring and he loves getting hit because that's his thing, right? right. It's, it's what he loves. In life, people start a business and they, they, they set the rules of the game wrong or they set their fantasy of business wrong instead of realizing that you're getting in the ring to get punched. You don't get in the ring if you don't want to get punched. Mm. You don't get to live a great life and have millions of dollars if you don't want to get punched. When you realize that having problems, having stress, having frustration is just the fucking pleasure of the game. Yeah. And instead of getting hit going, oh, fuck, what it, like an amateur or, or someone on the street, right? They get punched and they go, oh, you know, that hurt. Wow. I, you know, it really sucked. And then they think about how bad it was and then they get fear driven. A professional athlete gets punched in the face. Like a professional boxer gets punched in the face and like, oh, fucking good hit. Yeah. And then now it's my turn to hit you back. Yeah. You see really good fighters, they sort of smile a little bit when they get hit because they're yeah. like, that was fucking good. Yeah, then, they do. So in business, why isn't it the same? When a problem pops up, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, I think when they do get punched, they're, an- they're analyzing in their head, why did I get punched? Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they're moving, you know what I mean? Then they're sort of training around it yeah. at the same time. Yeah. You spoke about physical training mm-hmm. and how it's important to you. And um, I guess you... I don't want to preempt the answer because I suppose it's probably going to come back to your mission, but I'd like to get some tactical advice from you about the days, and I'm sure you haven't, when you just can't be fucked training. Yep. And how do you, what is your mind mindset thoughts around that? Because I think we all struggle with that. Yeah. So especially the, me. I guess the question is now, now knowing what I know or back when I was a lot younger? I'd like to know now. Okay. Now, like what is your thought process now seeing as you don't miss the gym, rarely. It's not that I don't miss the gym. It's just, I'm not black and white like I used to be. So when you're all or nothing, you normally end up with nothing. Mm. So I don't, I'm not an all or nothing person. So when we went to the golf and I said I hadn't drunk since November and most of the guys were like, what, what, like that's disciplined. I don't see it as being disciplined. I just have a reason to not drink. And the reason is I've got this big mission. I want to work really, really hard to achieve that mission. 
I don't want to wake up in the morning, have, um, have this hangover, feel like shit. It takes me four days to get like my performance back. To me, it's not even worth it. So it's not that I'm disciplined. It's just like, if I said to you, do you like chocolate? Do you like chocolate? Yes. Cool. And if I had your favorite block of chocolate here and I said to you, you can eat it, no calories, whatever, would you have it? Yeah. If there was no calories in it. Cool. But if I said to you, here's a million bucks or the chocolate, you get to pick which one, which one is it? Million. 100% it is. So if you've got a bigger reason to not drink, you're just not going to drink. Okay. So it's not even a choice. It's just, it's, it is what it is. So I'm not disciplined. I don't do the whole like fucking dry July and all that shit. I'm like, I'm not drinking. I never tell anyone I don't drink. It's just, I choose not to drink because I've got a bigger mm. reason to not drink. There's a bigger goal there. Um, the same with food. Like I, I still go out and I eat a pizza. The other night I smashed a snitty. It's not that I don't eat that food. It's just that the majority of the time I think about the consequence of eating it and I go, well, it's not worth it because to me, the, 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 you know, the, the companies that I'm trying to build, like I'm trying to build a billion dollar empire that helps people to, to perform better in life. So I'm trying to build high performance medical centers where you can go there and get all your bloods and everything done. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to build uh, an empire of businesses that help people perform better in mindset and, and business consulting and all that sort of stuff. So when I look at that, I go, is it really worth the shitty food where I'm going to wake up tomorrow and feel like dog shit? And then my brain's going to be all foggy and I'm not going to be able to work. Yeah. I love working. Like I love waking up in the morning, just getting up at five and hanging it, going downstairs, reading, reading a little bit, hopping on the computer. It, it's just, I have a bigger reason. Okay. It's the chocolate or the million bucks. Yeah. Whereas most people, they're comparing chocolate to, I guess, something of similar value and they're like, oh man, I'd. I, I want to be healthy, but at the same time, like I really want the beer and like, oh, fuck. And then it's like it, that thing inside your own mind destroys it. Yep. Right. That's why I think a mission is so important because when something is big enough, you work hard towards it and everything else just becomes like a no brainer in decision making. When you don't really have a big mission, everything's complicated. Mm -hmm. And I get on the phone with business owners. I'm like, right. So you're telling me you want to build a $10 million business. Yep. Okay, cool. So it's going to cost you, let's say 40 grand a year to work with me. Oh man, that's a lot of money. Is it? When you compare it to 10 million bucks, is it a lot of money? It's not really. But what they're doing is they're comparing 40 grand to where they're at now. And so they're like, oh man, that's a lot of money. How quick, you're a business owner, how quick can you lose 40 grand? One day. Yeah. Easy. One fuck up, right? 40 grand. One gone. fuck up. Easy. So if you had the right mindset or the team had the right mindset, you'd save 40 grand if they didn't fuck that up. Mm. Most people don't think like that. They just, they think so superficially and so just surface level. Whereas when you've got a deeper reason, everything becomes a simple choice, yeah. right? If I'm trying to build a hundred million dollar empire or a billion dollar empire to spend 80 grand or a hundred grand is a no brainer, but to spend a hundred grand when you've got a, a mission, it's like, oh, I just want to grow my business. A hundred grand is like, fucking hell, I can't, I, I can't afford that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it, it, it's all relative, right? It's relative to the mission. And, mm -hmm. and then, then it decides on how much do you really want it? It's what's the obstacles that you're prepared to jump across in order to get what you want. Um, by the way, what was the question again? I've gone by, <laughs> I'm just on my tangent. When you, when you can't be fucked training. Uh, so it, it's not that I don't go to the gym every day, right? So, but I, I do some form of movement every day. So I, I try to set up rules for my life or things like that, that are sort of flexible. Um, I think like, especially with men in our society, I think part of the mental health problem is that men think that they're strong. You can't be strong without having some sort of a weakness, right? They're two of the same thing. So you might display strength externally, but I can guarantee the only reason why you're trying to express the strength externally is because you feel weak internally. Mm -hmm. So there's like this counterbalancing that's happening and this insecurity. 
If you have a look at something that's perfectly balanced, something that's both weak and strong is flexible and pliable. So do you want to be strong? Do you want to be weak or do you want to be pliable? Which one's going to get the best results in life? Pliable. I agree. So if I throw a rock at a, 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 a glass window, it's either going to chip or it's going to crack. Mm-hmm. Most dudes, the reason why they're like these big tough guys and shit, and then they just, I think part of the reason why they kill themselves is because they're so, they try to be so strong that when they fucking crack, they crack. Yeah. Right. Not, not a good idea. Whereas when you've got a bit of softness to you and you're a bit more flexible and a bit more pliable, you can sort of be a bit more adaptable to things. And so in my life, when I set up rules, I used to say things like, I've got to go to the gym five days a week and I've got to lift this type of weight. But what I would find is that maybe Wednesday, I wake up and I'm just tired. I had a really shitty sleep or whatever, for whatever reason. Then I go into the gym and I'm like, man, I fucking can't really train properly. And then I start feeling like shit. And then I start beating myself up. Then I go and eat a pizza. Then I wake up in the morning and I can't be fucking going to the gym because I'm tired and I'm, I've eaten shit food and now I feel guilty about that. Now I'm in a downhill spiral. Mm. So I don't set my life up to lose. I set my life up in a way where I'm flexible and pliable. Mm. And so it's like, okay, well, if this happens, then what? So I think through these things. And so for me, it's like I move, I move seven days a week. And my rule is move seven days a week That's for awesome. 30 minutes. Okay. Now I have three days a week. Most of the time I do gym or weights. But outside of that, sometimes I'll do a bit of a CrossFit workout. Sometimes I go for a walk. Some days I train twice. Some days I even try and train three times. Like I wake up in the morning, go for a walk. Then I do a CrossFit workout at lunch. And then, you know, I might go for mm. a walk. Mm-hmm. Other days, like today, um, I was going to go do jujitsu, but I ended up just getting, um, you know, stuck on, on calls. And I was like, yeah, I'll go for a walk later. Yeah. So I make it so it's a bit more pliable. When I go out for dinner, instead of being like, I've got to be calorie counting and shit, like what's the healthiest thing? So I could probably have a steak and some veg and whatever. If I blow up my calories, it's fine. I'll just pull them back a little bit tomorrow and we're good. Yeah. Versus most people have this pendulum. It's like, well, I've had, I've had beers today. I'm always going to blow out the whole weekend and I'm going to get as smash as I can today. And I'm going to eat as much shit as I can. I'm going to eat really, really clean on Monday. And I'm going to go to the gym and do five days a week. When you do that, you're just a big fucking pendulum that swings back and forward between, from one side to the other. And those swings are huge. Mm. That's going to destroy your mental health. Just be flexible, flexible, man. man, That's, that's what I need to build in because that, that's big. Yeah. Like I'd do the same bit. You can get in that downward spiral, can't you? When you have one bad day of eating, it can easily, usually does turn into six more. And then you're like, oh, I'll just start the next Monday. Yeah. Yeah. If you're building that flexibility, especially with the training as well. So that's really good advice. I'm going to do that. And and when you're like that, you don't need to wait for Monday, right? Because you're just like, yeah, all right, cool. I'll just pull back a little bit. So it's like, I went a bit too high there. So I'll just pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, some days I'll have, like last week, the the because the workouts changed, I'm doing more like CrossFit, EMOM style workouts. Last week, I did the training session with my with my trainer and I was absolutely fucked afterwards. Like, you know, almost, you could feel my whole nervous system like just yeah. like spazzing out almost. And, um, you know, I had the afternoon plan to go get work done and I'm just like, you know what? I can't even function. So all I'm going to do is I'm just going to chill out. I'm going to have the night off. I'll go to bed early and then tomorrow morning I'll get up and I'll just catch up on the work. Like it's not that big a deal. Mm. But I think people, most people that I've come across because they're all or nothing type people, they're like, well, I fucked up today. So you know what? I'm just going to eat shit tonight and then I'm just going to. And so again, they, yeah. they go to that like impulsiveness because of their fears and their worries and their stresses and concerns and they can't live up to their own expectations and they just swing back and forward and, and it's too much. And eventually they'll just get to the point where they're like, you know what? This is too fucking hard. Mm. And then they just become mediocre. At everything because it's like why set big goals when you just fuck them all up all the time yeah it's not about that it's like how how can i be consistent consistency beats 
you know, like the, 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 the dude who eats the perfect diet for an eight week challenge will be beaten by the person who's consistent. I go out all the time and I see people that are like, I'm on my eight week challenge and I'm cutting back and I'm going to get shredded. And yeah. then you see them three months later and they're like fucking chubby and shit again. And you're like, yeah, what definitely. Definitely. And then, you know, they're back on the diet again. Do you know how much easier it is to just go, you know what, I'm going to have a snitty tonight and tomorrow we'll just pull back the calories a little bit. Yeah. You know how much easy that true. is? Yeah. hundred percent. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember to tune in tomorrow for the next part of this four part series. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate this podcast by clicking the stars on the podcast home screen and follow to get notified for when new episodes drop.